0: Three eight, two seven eight, the
1: old pilot's, pilots plane tails. tails, Adam Spink and Speedbird 38. Adam thanks very much indeed uh, for talking to me today. This is going to be a fascinating plane tail and one I have been looking forward to doing for a very long time. Now it is not every day that Uh, we hear of an aircraft accident. It's certainly not every day when people actually witness an aircraft accident, but to be the supervisor in the air traffic control tower at London Heathrow when an aircraft uh, crashes on the airfield is about as rare as it gets. Uh, But you were in that situation, um, and it's going to be a fascinating story. Perhaps you could just give us a little lead up and, and tell us uh, what it is you uh, you do normally day to day at Heathrow uh,
2: yeah sure Nick. it's my pleasure to uh, be given this opportunity to speak about it today um, I'm a, as you say I'm an air traffic controller at Heathrow airport um, on this particular day I was just a rostered controller morning shift um, so I entered the building at 0700 in the morning and there are six control positions in the tower plus a supervisor uh, so throughout the morning I would have probably controlled the landing runway for 40 minutes to an hour maybe one of the ground positions for another hour with a break in between another break another ground position maybe I can't remember it was just a normal day for me basically and um, and then um, at this point probably around midday half past 12 I was asked by the supervisor on duty if I could give him a 30-minute break. Of course, you say yes. So uh, I sat down. Do you
1: think he had a bit of a premonition?
2: Well, I'm not sure. Um, I certainly... um, I don't think after that event I ever decided to give a supervisor a break again. Um, The uh, the only notable thing, basically, for me is that it was actually my birthday. Uh, The 17th of January is my birthday. So um, there was nothing unusual going on in terms of weather or... um, traffic flows, delays, etc. Was it a nice um, day? From what I remember, it, was, it wasn't raining, it was dry, but it was overcast, relatively low cloud um, off the top of my head. Um, it was um, only about 1,500 feet cloud-based, maybe even lower. So a normal English day, basically, in terms of weather. Um, and, yeah, so I, I agreed to give the supervisor a break while they went downstairs and and, uh, and had a bit of a rest. Um, Had something to eat, so sat down, took a handover of uh, of what was going on, the, the situation at the time, um, and I didn't think anything else of it. It was all very, going very smoothly.
1: Was it a, b- a busy day?
2: No more than usual, um, but at Heathrow, generally all of our days are busy. From my recollection, obviously it was more than ten years ago now. There was there was nothing unusual going on at all. Now,
1: did you take any note of uh, the BA flight before? the incident started? No,
2: not at all. It was a normal arrival. Um, Came in off Lambourne, I think um, it would have done. Um, Got vectored around. So so just to describe to the listeners, I was sat on the supervisor's desk. So if you imagine a a clock face, um, I'm sat at number 12, facing north. The aircraft are coming in over London, so from the three o'clock position. um, And the controller's controlling both of the runways. We've got two parallel runways at Heathrow. Uh, the controller who would actually talk to Speedbed 38 is sat at the number three position, looking east. Um, so he's looking at the oncoming traffic coming down the approach and on the runway. Um, so I'm sat at 90 degrees to the traffic. And, uh, and actually the first um, indication that there was something unusual going on was the arrivals controller who controls the arrivals runway remarked, to, to the tower in, in general that um, that he thought this aircraft, this particular aircraft which turned out to be Speedbird 38 was going around, was performing a missed approach. So to explain we see nearly 700 arrivals per day at Heathrow, so once you've been working there for a few years you get to know what an aircraft looks like or should look like on approach if they're following the glide slope with the correct attitude. So this particular aircraft um, looked very nose high which is why the controller Thought it was going around. And in fact, what had happened a few miles out on approach, the aircraft had lost power almost completely. And what we saw as the nose high was the flight crew just fighting to keep the aircraft in the air. Uh, So the controller had any glance at the the aircraft, nose high attitude, assumed it was going around, uh, where we have to warn the departures runway controller and uh, approach radar that there is a missed approach. We hit the missed approach alarm to warn RF Northolt and everybody. Uh, every controller nearby uh, that there's been a missed approach um, so that's what the controller assumed was going on within a few more seconds obviously he, he then realised by looking out the window that, that the aircraft was not going around, it was in fact uh, descending more rapidly than, than usual uh, however meantime given this warning of a possible missed approach I thought as a as a very efficient supervisor I try and record all the data so I was diligently facing away from the aircraft writing on my computer filling out the database when the another controller in the tower who was now watching the what was assumed to be a missed approach and now rapidly saw the aircraft descending towards the ground um, he just shouted out it's crashing it's crashing very loudly and at that point everybody turned to watch this uh, this aircraft um, and I turned and, and saw it probably two or three seconds before it hit the ground.
0: Mayday, Mayday, Speedbird, Speedbird, 95, 95.
2: Um, as to what I saw, it I can only liken it to a Hollywood movie. It was that spectacular, and I use that word in, in terms of what it actually looked like visually. Um, it looked like an episode of Star Trek or, you know, Independence Day where a massive spaceship crashes into a into a planet and there's massive amounts of dirt and debris being thrown up. Um, I, the rate it was descending out of the window, I assumed it would explode when it hit the ground. Um, that's what I was expecting to see. Thankfully, that didn't happen. The aircraft hit the ground, uh, started to slide forwards across the grass, uh, so it only just cleared the perimeter fence by a few feet and then as it hit the ground started sliding the approach lighting on the the big uh, pylons were being thrown around puncturing the wings Uh, the undercarriage legs had been forced up through the wings because of the force of the impact Um, and then my next thought the aircraft was still sliding towards the beginning of the runway which it hadn't yet reached the runway it touched down a lot uh, a lot shorter than the beginning Um, was it was actually starting to veer to the right towards terminal 2 which was full of parked aircraft, full of thousands of passengers, completely unaware of this this impending disaster, potentially. Um, so I started to think, this is going to crash into the terminal. So uh, I was watching this out the window happen, and and the last two or three minutes of what I've been talking about have literally only actually taken two or three seconds in real life. And then at that point, the controller who's talking to the aircraft Um, literally the Mayday call was given out by the pilot only a few seconds before he hit the ground at that point the controller had already identified there was a big issue with the aircraft and and it was going to hit the ground very very hard he uh, activated the crash alarm so there's um, it's almost like a movie this bit because there's a there's a big red button that says crash on our desk with a little plastic cover so you have to flip up the plastic cover with your finger and then hit the button So that connects that controller immediately with uh, the airport fire service, the airport operations building, uh, the local police um, and other associated agencies who who need to know that an emergency has occurred or is shortly to occur. At this point it was a a reactive call so something has happened so he declared an aircraft accident accident.
0: Whole position. Aircraft accident. Aircraft accident. The position is the threshold, runway two seven left. Aircraft type is a triple seven. Nature of problem is crash. Aircraft has crashed. Rendezvous point is south.
2: And then, <coughs> excuse me, we get we have a mnemonic, so it's uh, the type, the nature of problem, uh, and the rendezvous point that we allocate to the emergency services. Um, so the the controller, very cal- having seen this amazing spectacle just happen out of out of the window, um, had to remember to be calm. The the people receiving this phone call had no notice that this was going to happen. So you read out the monarch very very slowly, very very clearly, uh, which he did so, um, and then that scrambles the fire service and the other associated uh, emergency agencies, and also external to the airport, so London Fire Brigade. London Ambulance Service start uh, deploying their services towards the airport, and at that point, um, the controller then has to. It it's the reversion to the training that we're that that we do very very often. Um, it's nothing more than a blocked runway, so the controller has just seen out of the window this this um, visually spectacular occurrence, um, potentially with with fatalities. You know, we we had no idea at that point that. That the aircraft was uh, was as intact as it turned out to be. this We had seen the slides deploy out of the aircraft. We could see people coming down the the slides, but also I could see that there was liquid, which I assumed was fuel, was pouring out of the wings where it had been punctured by the the approach light pylons. Um, the aircraft came to rest just on the beginning of the runway on the piano keys. So the the fire service had deployed and they immediately uh, started driving out to the airfield, uh, to the aircraft in the southeast corner of the airfield where it came to rest. Um, and as I said, at that point, the arrivals runway controller, who had just made this initial call, then their job is to stop worrying, worrying about that, which you can understand might be quite hard because it's right in front of them. They need to start thinking about the aircraft that's two miles out to the same runway, that's then three and a half miles behind that one and four miles behind that one. So they're all lined up. Uh, Probably about four or five aircraft all lined up on the runway approach. At that point, what happens to them? There's no point carrying on focusing on what's just happened. You need to make the situation safe. So, um, for my uh, for my recollection, they they sent the first aircraft around. I think it was a Qatari Airways, um, and then there there was negotiations between the two runway controllers whether we could switch the following arrivals to the other runway with the cloud base, which we've already discussed, was relatively low. So we couldn't really do that visually, quite far out, so we had to wait till the aircraft dropped below the cloud for them to do a visual switch to the to the parallel runway. Uh, so that caused some extra workload trying to dis- describe what w- what was going on to the arriving aircraft, the flight crew of the arriving aircraft, and, and whether they could accept a switch to the other runway. He's trying to negotiate with the radar controllers at uh, Swanwick who are effectively lining the aircraft up on approach. They don't know what's happened. So they need to be told that the runway's blocked, that we need to switch arrivals to the other runway, uh, and, and to, to coordinate where we position the aircraft that have gone around due to the incident. So that's what the actual controller who's speaking to the aircraft at the time is doing. Um, notwithstanding, we now have lots of runway crossings with fire vehicles and ops vehicles deploying to various points around the airfield to collect the incoming emergency services or the fire service themselves scrambling to the aircraft. And they're calling up all the time on the frequency to get permission to cross or enter the runway. So his workload is really sky high at this point.
0: Qatari 011, go around say again, go around, acknowledge. Katari 011, go around. Tower, Pry, two, left, 4, on the runway, two enter left. on the runway, I can confirm. on the threshold of 27 left. We need to switch everything to 27 right okay. and then stop things coming in for the time being. Okay. Ah. okay. And Checker, do you say enter 27 left? Seagull, enter 27 left. Seagull, enter. Alright, we're not going to enter 27 left. And Qatari 011, standard missed approach. Standard missed approach, Qatari 04. And Ops 1, enter 27 left. Checker, enter 27 left. Runway is closed yeah I've got that, two seven left closed, Qatari. 27 left closed, aircraft crash, Qatari, um, the Qatari standard missed approach, 479 will be a standard as well. Okay then. And the, the others will need to be switched. Alright, okay. all stations enter
2: two seven left. The Departures controller who sat next to him controlling the Departures runway is trying to um vacate his aircraft off his runway, there was I think there was one lined up ready to take off at the time the the crash occurred so he taxied him down the runway and and turned him off the runway as soon as he could to then create a clear runway for these arrivals that were then ha- going to have to land on, on this runway. As to what I was doing, the supervisor, so I saw this all happen out the window. I heard the controller put the crash alarm on at uh, the crash call. And I was probably it probably took about two or three seconds for me to process all of this and think, there's something I should be doing. I shouldn't be just standing here watching this all happen. Well, you're supervising. Um, <clears throat> exactly. So... Um, so immediately then I I grab the the red emergency book, equivalent of, of a QRH on a cockpit or something, um, and there's flip open the, the laminated book to, to the appropriate tab for aircraft accident, and there's a big long checklist for, for, for my tasks as a supervisor, various agencies to ring and uh, pass on more details about what's happened, what the situation is. Within two minutes, I need to make another... A repeat phone call the one the controller did to immediately scramble the, f- the fire service I need to make another phone call on the same line I'm um, using the same process with a lot more information with the name of the airline uh, the uh, I think persons on board if we knew it at that point um, so a lot more background information that would help the fire service and, and oncoming um, external agencies help in, in dealing with the incident um, and to be honest from that point on for the next 20 or 30 minutes I can't really remember what I did and what happened um, because I was just working so hard Um, luckily we had I say luckily um, but ironically we had a management meeting going on so all of the we have five teams of controllers five watches at Heathrow they will have a manager and a deputy manager who are qualified controllers and there was a watch management meeting going on so we had probably had about 10 more qualified controllers in the building than we would usually have oh wow
1: and it was your birthday so
2: and it was my birthday yes <laughs> um so and i was i was you know really having a go at the guy i was giving a break to who was downstairs in the restroom while all this was happening <laughs> <coughs> so immediately i rang downstairs to find anybody who was a willing you know able to work it was their days off because they came in for a management meeting. Some were going to work that afternoon, later that afternoon. But I thought, you know, we've just seen this happen. Um, we're shutting down the airfield effectively. Um, there would be no more movement. So everything was being stopped from moving around on the airfield. We we're going to stop departures. We we're going to land what was on fine approach and then probably shut for, for between 30 and 30 minutes while the fire cover um came back up cuz yeah
1: perhaps you need to explain that.
2: Yeah, so so at that point, so it's different now, but at that point when the fire service um attended an accident and had to deploy their media as they call it, so actually spray foam water, um then the fire cover would reduce. So as soon as you, the fire the airport fire service start using up what they have stored on their fire appliances, um the our, uh, remaining ability to cope with another emergency reduces. So so while this negotiation was going on, I, I rang downstairs and was find- basically getting people to come back up to allow me to replace every single controller who was working at the time of the incident. Now, they'd just seen this, as I said, something that was out of a movie. Everybody was high on adrenaline. Um, we were already getting uh, requests from media helicopters wanting to come and start filming so that maybe five six minutes after the the incident wow, happened that um, the, the it was being spread um, through the, the media and, and you know we were getting calls from from all sorts of people either wanting more information about what happened um, which you need to be very careful about what you say because um, speculation at this point is not ideal um, and you, you there are ways of verifying who's calling you but if somebody calls calls the tower on an outside line, you don't know who they are, so you're not going to give them any information. Um, so I wanted to replace all the controllers who had seen this happen because just from a human factors point of view, you don't want them continuing to work when they've seen something this um, shocking. Um, and as I said, we still didn't know that everybody had got out okay. We st- the, s- the speed of the impact and the descent rate... I was convinced people were very seriously injured, if not if not dead, on the aircraft.
1: We'll leave it there for this week, but next week we'll continue with Adam's fascinating story and say a little bit more about the aftermath of this amazing incident. If you enjoy Plane Tales, please pop over to iTunes and leave a review. Plain Tales is a featured segment of the Airline Pilot Guy show podcast. Find us at airlinepilotguy.com.